Hey everybody, welcome to the Hope YA podcast. Today we've got Destiny Russell in the house. Destiny has been uh, basically going to Hope Church since she was born. I'm just joking, probably close to it. But um, she uh, grew up uh, in the church. She was in the youth group when I was the youth pastor. And then she, uh, she's she been to YWAM and now she's back in the upstate and serving in the house. And so we just want to talk so everybody enjoy this podcast. What's up, Destiny? What's up? All right, get closer to the mic because oh, you're gonna sorry, have to. My bad. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, so um, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that uh, we're able to do this. And I found that like I knew you were the next podcast person when you kept on like live texting me while you're listening to me and Jacob's podcast. Mm-hmm. You're like, <laughs> I was like, she wants to be in the room so bad. <laughs> so oh I was like, gosh. destiny, we got to get you on here. Right. And so, um, before we actually start, uh, destiny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, kind of like what, uh, what you're passionate about, what kind of your, your heart is for ministry and stuff like that. And, kind of what uh, what you see like God's uh, doing in your life right now in this kind of crazy season we're in. Yeah, so um, like Ben just said, I just got done doing YWAM, which is a discipleship training school called uh, Youth for the Nations. It's like a mission-sitting organization. Um, we got sent home early due to Corona, and I feel like most things are um, can be followed with due to Corona in yeah, this season. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sorry, I was late to work. Due, due, due to, to Corona. corona. <laughs> like, like, uh, right. It's just an easy, you know, excuse. Yeah. Kidding, but um, I think that in this season, the Lord's probably really just teaching me rest and kind of like, I don't know, you know how before 2020, everyone was like, Oh, 2020 is going to be the year of vision, blah, blah, all this stuff. Oh yeah. Well, like in a way, I think that the Lord has really done that in the sense of like, you know, you're forced to sit with yourself (laughs) in quarantine. (laughs) Like you're forced to like kind of see things and not, not keep a distraction by doing like the busyness of life. Mm -hmm. And so I think I've learned so much about myself and even like warped views and things that I had of God. Yeah. 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 That's what I feel like we, I hope, I think a lot of people are reevaluating, whatever that, reevaluating kind of their, their whole plan and their whole future. And like, even for people who are in ministry, I think like, uh, I know some, some people I know are, um, either in between in transition or had just stepped out to be a, um, itinerant minister or like started to travel full full time and preach and stuff. And how do you travel and preach in the middle of a pandemic? You know what I'm saying? Like how, and then like, say you are available, say like we can say the travels bands and stuff was that like, that's over. Like, the economy is not really in a place where people can churches can say, Hey, we haven't been open for four months, but yeah, we're willing to like bring you on and host you well and mm-hmm. give you an honorarium and stuff. And some churches are, but like, I know a lot of people who had a lot of plans for what they thought ministry was going to look like. And now mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, uh, none of that exists <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of feel you on that. Cause like I, I thought um, I thought 2020 was going to be a lot easier than it than it has been. Um, 
but now it's kind of like it's got me thinking about some things um just in when like everything like shut down um like the stock market like tanked and all this stuff and um i it made me think about um not it just made me think about really being like wise with my finances and really like smart with um investing in money and stuff like that and so i'm still kind of on that in that mindset of like man like this is ruining people's lives that have done nothing wrong and then you see how flimsy life can be and stuff like that so i'm like i don't know i'm I'm exploring things right now and so it's very cool but before we get into all that serious stuff and we'll talk more about ywam and all that stuff but like i want (laughs) to i want to play a message she's like hey i need to come up with a caption (laughs) i don't really have you know this podcast we just kind of let it go where it wants to but like uh what's what's been what have you noticed most since coming back from and i know how like a a ywam um ministry school culture is very very defined very clearly defined and you could i kind of consider it somewhat of a bubble you know Mm -hmm. you're around like-minded people all the time you're around people you know and that kind of thing and then since being back what um what have you noticed or what has how, how has your perspective changed since being kind of being back in coming from like such a missions driven like ministry focused school to coming back here against your will mm-hmm. <laughs> really you know <laughs> and then what like what have you noticed and like what's been your like a struggle to try and not even a struggle but like even a challenge to try and um adapt or kind of overlook or whatever um yeah no I definitely believe that YWAM definitely was a bubble not in a negative sense no no no, no. it's but, not negative right. but it's just like it yeah. is what it is yeah even yeah. when I was there um there was this girl who was talking to someone from back at home and they had called YWAM a bubble and she was like so offended by it, and I was like it is it totally is oh, and sure. because of that like um well I mean like you need that kind of you need like I'd say like that bubble's good because that environment will mm-hmm. accelerate your growth and right. it'll accelerate like you can get like nine months worth of like nine months of in ministry school can propel you it's like a <laughs> slingshot almost like further like years and years right. further yeah you know? they so, said that three months of lecture in um ywam is equivalent to seven years of church life so yeah it's pretty intense for sure go. and i think that in, in like accordance to the whole bubble thing coming back I think it really like reveals the power of community and like the power of self-discipline you know mm-hmm. um I think that so much life change happened while I was there and it was because I was like in the perfect environment for that and I had like people championing me all the time and I even like you, it's it's insane coming back and realizing like how easy it is to steward like your personal walk with the Lord in a community that pushes you to do so. Mm-hmm. And kind of just like, I think, I think that like, while I was trying to figure out what my new normal was like at YWAM, I was expecting it to be within the, like not realizing that like there is, um, 
life too. Oh, sorry. Um, but mic issues, you know what it is. But um, just realizing that, like, we have to, like, balance. And there was no need for balance when I was in YWAM. It was, like, every single minute of my every single day was 100% devoted to, like, the pursuit of the knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think learning what that looks like because I think that is a heart posture and spending your energy knowing God is still something that you do but like it looks not conventionally like the YWAM thing Mm -hmm. so kind of like trying to figure out what my new normal is like while establishing and becoming planted here again yeah and things like that has definitely been a challenge yeah yeah I kind of I agree like do you think that I don't think it's a not that I understand the whole, I understand the, everything that happens, you know, I, I didn't go to, I didn't go to YWAM or anything, but I've been like in a ministry Bible school environment and stuff. And like, do you think <clears throat> some people, as I know some people who graduated and left Bible school and they're doing great, mm-hmm. you know, and then I think, and then there's other people that as soon as they left that environment, they fell off the map or (laughs) you don't even see them anymore. If you see them, they're like smoking weed and partying or something like that. And do you think that like some, do you think some, I don't know, I guess it's, I'm answering my own question, but like, I feel like sometimes people expect like once they leave an environment like that, they can fully sustain that same Mm -hmm. culture and that same attitude and that same, Mm -hmm. um, intensity and that, that same pace Mm-hmm. Um, on their own, um, but sometimes they can't, or they go into an environment they can't, and uh, or, or it just looks different, like you right. said. And I think that's that would be something that it, it can be challenging uh, because of the the reality of life. You know, you're not in Bible college. You don't necessarily have to work. You don't mm-hmm. have to um, worry about as many bills. You don't have the uh, you know, all, all that stuff to consider. Yeah, I think that, like, that's definitely a danger, and I've already seen that with some friends that I went to YWAM with, um, and I think that you just have to be tenacious about keeping your motive in check while yeah. even learning about the Lord. Um, like, I think YWAM definitely, since they're a mission-sending organization, it's like we're always singing worship songs about, like, hear my, send me, God, like, let's go, like, preach the gospel every day, like, blue, blue, all these things, like, um, and if you're not careful about keeping your heart in check of, like, I'm doing this out of a position of love Mm -hmm. and staying in that first love, like, mindset, then, like, the enemy will literally kind of creep, like, creep in and use anything and, like, then we'll keep, like, I, I think that I battled, like, coming back with, like, a works mentality, you know, which is, like, I mean, something that I feel like a lot of people deal with, but um, if you're not making sure that, like, just relationship with the Father is the most important mm-hmm. thing, or, like, that, like, it's out of a posture of love and those things, then um, whenever you get back and you're not doing those things anymore, then um, you tend to forget, like, 
how God really does just care about a relationship and you end up completely falling away because you're not able to maintain the works, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. That's, that's like a, I mean, that's still, uh, I, I feel like it's a challenge for, uh, everybody to some degree, for whether sure. they want to admit it or not. Um, but the answer to that is just constantly being before the Lord and constantly consistently being before the Lord. And, um, you know, that's how it was for me. Like I, I was an, like I say I was an orphan, but like I still had that sort same sort of like orphan mentality and stuff for a long time. And even like when I was in ministry, that was like a big like, and so I had to perform. And like if mm-hmm. I didn't, if my, <laughs> and like if my, if my, if I didn't check all the boxes in my personal life and in like you know, then, then my ministry would not be, um, uh, what's the word as anointed, Mm -hmm. um, as I thought it was going to be. And so a lot of times, like I would leave church upset or dis, dis, Mm -hmm. discouraged, or I was like, dang, if I had enough, like, uh, if I, like, if I should have prayed more this week or I, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have, shouldn't have watched that movie, which like probably shouldn't have watched that movie anyways. But like, you know, I, I had that kind of performance thing where like, if I don't do this, God will do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and instead of me saying like, Lord, I just want to spend time with you and really just embracing him, then, um, yeah, so I had to struggle with that for a long time. Yeah, I think that for, like, each person it's different. I mean, you know that, like, I'm such an Enneagram connoisseur or whatever. But um, <laughs> even outside of that, like, through studying that, I have found that, like, um, there's typically, like, one thing that each person could over-identify with. And it's either, like, um, you have people who over-identify with the things that they do. Mm-hmm. Or you have people that, like, over-identify with the things that people say about them. Or people over-identify with the things that they have. And so, like, for people like me and you, it's definitely the things that we do because we don't tend to identify at all with things that people say about us, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't know. But if, I think it's, like, keeping that in check to make sure that you're not being motivated by, like, one of those three factors, but rather, like, what the Lord says about you and just kind of, like, I think that coming back to, like, the Psalms where it's, like, this one thing I ask, the only do I seek, you know, is to gaze upon your beauty and like to seek your face in the temple all the days of my life. And like everything should just kind of fall under that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you're seeking his face, then you're chilling. Yeah. What do you think missions is going to look like in the future? Cause I remember right when all the stuff started happening, like a couple days before you had to leave Hawaii, um, y'all were like, I was probably a couple, like the day before or whatever, like, Y'all were like praying against um, the coronavirus and um, everybody, you told me that like, we believe that like Corona is like a, an attack on missions and, and the great commission and stuff like that, you know, cause borders will be closed and all that stuff. Do you think that, um, it's a, do you think it's a set back? to like the global missions movement or do you think Mm -hmm. it's a set up because i know like even i had plans like i mean you were going to los angeles i was planning on partnering with missions me and one day la and Mm -hmm. we were going to go to la and like do a whole 
one day LA stuff. And so like none of that's happening anymore. And so like, do you think it's a step back or do you think it's a setup? And like next year when all this is over, it's just going to be like, yeah. wild. I think it's one fat reverse Uno card. Like <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, I think I'm more aware of the effects that it had on missions because that's what I was submerged in whenever sure. coronavirus came up. And I do believe that it's a direct attack on the great commission, you know, like, but I also, I realized, so they always talked about before coronavirus is even a thing, like, um, they're like, oh, we've had prophetic words about the January school of 2020 for like so long. Like there's a special anointing on you guys, like that half of you are going to go long-term in the missions field, which is not something that like has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of the DT and any other DTS before and like all of these things. And like, we're realizing that once we got sent home, like I think that every single human has like rebellion in their heart. And whenever you become someone for the Lord, like you still have that in your heart, but you use it against the kingdom of darkness. And I think that us being sent home gave us more of like a desire to leave again. And so it's stirring people's hearts to go and um, I definitely think that it's just like we're at home, we're getting stirred, and it's mm-hmm. kind of just like us um, as like the church in a whole is just having this desire to go because we've been forced to not to. Um, yeah, I think that even just during this time, I know that like what missions is looking like, like you know, the Bible says that the Lord won't come back until like every tribe, tongue, and nation yeah. has heard the gospel. I think it's Matthew twenty four fourteen says the this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to every nation, and mm-hmm. then the end will come. Right, and um, and so I think that even during this time, like people, like I know, I know a lot of friends who are like working with Bible translations, like what that looks like now, mm-hmm. like the fact that there's like little devices that you can put like the Jesus film on and like, or like little SD cards that yeah. have like the scripture in them that like you can get to people in desolate villages. Like I think that even right now, like there's a lot of effort, like a lot of organizations are unifying together to get things like that in mm-hmm. place that we wouldn't have had the time to do if we were not forced to put a pause on things. You know, I think it's a huge setup. Yeah. Speaking of Bible translations, my friend works for this ministry that translates Bible, uh, the Bible into language, like different languages that don't have a Bible translation. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of like Middle Eastern languages and stuff that are dialects and stuff like that. that don't have a Bible Mm -hmm. translation. And what they've been doing is instead of trying to hire a Christian to, translate their the bible into their native language they hire these these just educated people who are bilingual and they these people who are either muslim or whoever um whatever religion i think some of them might have been like hindu or something like that some of these religious guys who are just translating the bible into their dialect and their language by reading the bible and like translating it these guys are getting like radically saved mm-hmm. and like Jesus is like visiting them in their dreams and stuff. Yes. And it's crazy. Cause like they think like, well, what, like let's get a believer to do this. But like they get like some rando <laughs> dude off the street and he's the one ends up getting like having, having these radical encounters yeah. and stuff. And then like one of them, one story was where like he got this one man who got, um, saved um in a dream or in a dream jesus visited him 
and then he uh, he had to declare to his family that he was he was a Christian, and then his family like disowned him and like tried to kill him and stuff. But um, yeah, I feel like <clears throat> when you bring up like SD cards and technology, I think that's a huge part of it. Because like Ashley, when she went to Vietnam, they were smuggling like whole Bibles in to their suitcases and stuff. But now like I can just bring like an SD card the size of my fingernail, right? With everything on it that they would need, you know, and like, you know, like what's up, you know? And so like, I feel like technology is really going to help us out too with being able to get resources to people like mm-hmm. we never have before. Yeah, I want to sneak into North Korea with something like that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I've heard. I've known a few people who have like gotten in with like random occupations and stuff Mm -hmm. which i think is also changing the trajectory of like what missions looks like you know like it's not just like oh i'm a missionary hey i'm gonna come tell you guys about jesus it's like hmm i'm gonna go to school for this random thing (laughs) and then i'm gonna come to this closed off nation and on the side i'm finna lead everybody to christ yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think like it it can be like i think there's two things that have happened recently one is people have had a very, I say very, in the past like 20 years, people have had a very narrow definition of what ministry is. Mm-hmm. And I believe like in the coming years, especially now with what our our nation is going through and what ministry in America looks like now, um, the our definition of ministry and even success in ministry is drastically changing. Mm-hmm to where um, people can do stuff like that, you know? And then two, I feel like, I do feel like there's gonna be a radical like sending movement that's gonna be, that's gonna happen where we are gonna send like people straight out of high school yes. to like Korea, like North Korea <laughs> and like, you know, in all these crazy places like that. And I, And I think for a long time in this kind of, I call it like since nine, like since nine eleven in two thousand, uh, or when was that? Two thousand one. Mm-hmm. So, and since nine eleven, like our nation, like after that, we our nation kind of woke up for a second, right? And we're like, oh snap! And then like we somewhere along the way, we fell back asleep, and then this has kind of reawakened America to mm-hmm. some degree, the church in America. So, and, and I think in that gap somewhere are we've talked our young people into playing it safe, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I, I think that's one thing that I can, I don't, I'm not bragging, but like I, I with m- like moral authority say like, I've made some risky decisions <laughs> saying yes to the Lord. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I haven't gone like, I haven't, <clears throat> I say risky, um, but like I've, I've sold everything and I've moved to Dallas, Texas to go to Bible college with $200 in my pocket, you yeah. know, never going to that city before in my life. You know, when I felt God was calling us to move back to South Carolina, I moved back to South Carolina without a job, Right. you know, I'm married, I've got responsibilities and everything like that. And I've I've played it pretty risky, like in my life. And I feel like the Lord's calling a lot of people back to a place of risk and like not having, like I said it on Sunday night, like 
I believe that like the days of like us having a fallback plan to like fall back onto mm-hmm. like, well, if, if this whole ministry thing that the, if the call of God really doesn't work all my life out, out of my life, at least I can be a nurse or at least I can be a teacher or at least I can, you know, and like, <clears throat> I, be, I don't believe that, um, we should be irresponsible, um, or even financially irresponsible, but I believe that like, if, if God's calling us to do it, we should do it, mm-hmm. you know, like point blank and, uh, and not like negotiate. And I think like a lot of people are miserable in, in places today because they missed out on saying yes to the Lord. And that's my soapbox. But anyways, I feel like that's two things are going to happen. Yeah. Like ministry is going to open up and ministry is going to happen in business and, in like the marketplace and all that stuff. But then also there's going to be a radical resurgence of people who are just going to say, yes, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. Let me go. Like, I don't, you know, and so I think like, I feel like it's both. Yeah. Right. I think, what do you think? I don't know. I just ranted for a little bit. there. No, for sure. Um, I think that definitely there is like, I mean, this generation is, is insane. Like we are crazy. And if like you get a generation of radical people, that like are on fire for the Lord, they're going to wreck up some stuff, you know? And so I definitely think that there is like, you know, we learned about in YWAM, there's this man, I don't remember his name, but, uh, in order to reach the unreached people, he sold himself into slavery. And like his last words were like, let the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. You know, like there's going to be people who are going to be like, I'm going to full send it to the nations, like 1040 window, let's go like India, let's go, you know? Um, but I think that honestly, whenever people tap into um, what it looks like to be a child of God, like there, you realize there's like so much freedom um, to have as much of God as you want. Like you can have as much God as you want. Like you can have as much calling as you want, honestly. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of just, if you have the heart posture of like, how close to the throne of God can I get? Then like, you and if you live a life according to the calling that you want then you probably will be a radical person who like picks up his cross and goes yeah um but i also do believe that you know like the will of god is to seek first his kingdom is to like live in communion with him um and so that there is and to do that radically. So that could even, like you were saying, it's like both, you know, that could look like a mechanic who, you know, is doing that to his fullest extent, like, or whatever else, you know? Yeah. And I think like there's, there's like a lot of, a lot of people have that. Like if I'm not standing on a platform with a microphone in front of people, then I'm not in ministry or Mm. I'm not successful in ministry. And that's just not the case. Like some of the most successful people in ministry that I know, um, are people that nobody knows, you know, and like they probably will never be known, but yet like heaven knows who they are, you know, and they've influenced my life and other people's lives in a great way. Like Mm. one person in particular, like, I know who has fathered so many worship leaders and so many like, um, pastors and you see a lot of the fruit of this person's ministry all over, but 
not a lot of people know who this person is, mm-hmm. but you know, like the Lord knows and that's, that's awesome. You know, like let, let the, you know, whatever. And I feel like, um, I think that's changing in America because like where we used to count seats, now we can only, we're only allowed to count half the seats, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And we're like, we, we used to celebrate how many people walked through our doors. Now we've got to adjust and try and figure out how we can reach people in their houses Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and get and so there's a whole different dynamic and so like it really is a heart check for everyone that like what what is success like how do we gauge like what's the what's the measurement of which we are um quantifying what what we deem as a success and so that's crazy it's i think it's 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 a great opportunity you know Mm -hmm. and uh, i think it's a great opportunity for people to learn and to figure out like what what's really important you know yeah and for people like our age and i say our age like i think the one of the biggest things that people our age struggle with is um, with saying yes is, um, and I've been there. And so like, I'm not, um, exempt from this, but, um, we, we make temporary and decisions that affect, that can affect our ultimate like calling Mm -hmm. and and for instance like with our sometimes with our relationships you know like (laughs) there's a boyfriend or a girlfriend that well i i don't really want to go because i'd have to leave him or i'd have to leave her or um we make financial decisions that Mm -hmm. well i can't really just pack up and move to india i've got a car payment You know, yeah. or or whatever it is. Well, I gotta like, who's gonna pay my cell phone bill or mm-hmm. or stuff like that? And like, our generation is so quick to go into debt to impress other people, and then, <laughs> and then, and then when the time comes for us to say yes to Jesus, we can't because mm-hmm. of the overwhelming sense of responsibility that we've placed on like no you don't need a brand new macbook pro and no you're not gonna pay off that best buy credit card Mm -hmm. in 12 months like you think you are and um and so like there's stuff like that where it's over and over like we could say yes to jesus a lot more if we weren't so caught up in trying to impress other people Mm -hmm. um and like i said i'm no expert but i have played it pretty risky in the past and Mm -hmm. had I had I been like you know I when I moved to Dallas Texas I had a 92 91 Toyota Corolla um I didn't have a brand new car I didn't have a car payment or anything but I had a car you know Mm -hmm. it wasn't impressive you know but a lot of people they we compromise so much and we don't think it's a big compromise but then you go, <laughs> you know, it, it, but it can be. And like my heart for our generation is to eliminate everything that would hinder us from saying yes to Jesus. Yeah. No. Yeah, for sure. Like, and I think that honestly, something that I've been holding on to is the fact that like the Lord is so much more committed to me than I could ever be to him. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you try to 
um, incorporate all of these things that are holding you back from whatever the call of God is on your life. Like, I think that it's because we think that God is human and that he'll leave us hanging and that he won't like provide and that he mm-hmm. won't, you know, um, see his word to completion. But like, just to remind yourself that like, dude, God is way more committed yeah. to you than you could ever be to him. And so stepping out, um, and taking those risks or doing the things that don't seem like, um, necessarily wise in the sense of like a worldly perspective for sure you know um becomes more tangible because you god definitely shows up whenever you lean on him you know and that's that's a big thing like that's that's a big part like for me like a lot of people thought i was dumb for moving back to south carolina Mm -hmm. like they're like why are you moving back why are you going back home without a job like you need to be filling out applications you need to be like you need to get something lined up you know and i'm like i'll I'll figure it out when i get there you know like and i'm just gonna like lean into the lord and we'll we'll figure it out and um especially when you're a husband and you're responsible for providing for and protecting your wife excuse me there's there's a level of there's a burden that comes with that and like um when it's just like having that confidence and like I go back to like finances, but like my, my faithfulness with God, like my, my faithfulness in like my track record with God providing for me is a hundred percent. Right. You know, like looking back on it, like my, and like your track record with God, (laughs) there's no, like, there's no time where he hasn't failed me, you know? And so, why would I be worried if God told me to do something mm-hmm. if he has never failed me before? Yeah. Why would I be worried now? Right. You know? Right. And I think that like a lot of people will mask their fear of like failure and things with saying like, oh, well, I just want to make sure that I know that I know that I know that God said that, you know, like you will never know a hundred percent for sure. Like in, I mean, unless it's written in scripture, like <laughs> you do not know for a fact the very, m- most of the time, yeah. like if God says something, you know, specifically like an assignment and things like that. And I think that like, um, that's something that's, that's plagued me for sure. It's like, I'm not going to move God until I know that you said this <laughs> until I hear your voice so clearly, yeah. you know? And, um, I think that even just a lot of what the Lord has been, like a lot of the things that he's been teaching me through is like kind of like childhood um, like what that looks like as him being a father and things like that. And like, he'll never make, he'll never hold you accountable for something that he hasn't told you, you know? And, um, and he knows what you know that he said and yeah. <laughs> right. And like, even just, um, to like for an analogy, it's like, if, if you had a son or a daughter and you were like, hey, can you go to the kitchen and um, grab me some orange juice? And they're like, yes, because they're so eager mm-hmm. to do something for their dad. They like, in the in the struggle of like opening up the fridge as a three-year-old, spilling, spilling everything, dropping eggs, you know, like <laughs> um, they end up grabbing cranberry juice and make it for you and bring it back to you. Like, you're not going to be like, oh, you, you're stupid. I asked for orange juice. You're like... <laughs> oh my gosh, like you craved to hear my voice and you heard juice and you clung to that. And 
obedience moves my heart, not correctness, you Mm -hmm. know? And, um, I think that if people were to just remember, remind themselves that like we serve a God who is a father and, um, is not going to get upset if you, if he said orange juice and you heard juice and you got cranberry, you (laughs) know, like to take away the fear of serving a dictator, you know, take away the fear of like having it a hundred percent right. And just like fearlessly going after, um, what your, I think word of the Lord, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that there's so much risk that we're invited into and it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, like, that's the thing. Like, I feel, I feel like there's, there's been times where I've negotiated, like early on, like um, I was one time I was at work, I worked at this store, and there was this kid in a wheelchair, and the Lord's like, I want you to pray for that kid, and uh, I was like, dang it, I'm like overwhelmed by like the Lord's heart, like I'm about to cry, like. I know, like, the Lord's going to do something if I pray for this kid. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. Because, like, at this, it's, it was a Christian-owned business, but we don't do that at that Ooh. store. <laughs> right. And so uh, I was like, no, nah, I'm not I can do it. So I taught myself out of it. And then as the person, as the mom was pushing this kid in this wheelchair, like, I was like, okay, Lord, if they come back in my department, I'll pray for them. Lo and behold, <laughs> they come back and I'm like, all right, like we here, you know, and so I ended up praying for him. And then, um, a couple months later, I say about three months later, no, three weeks later, maybe some, it was, some time had passed. I forgotten about it. The mom of that kid called into the store and said, Hey, my, my kids had some, not like a lot of brain function or something like mm-hmm. that, or. But ever since you guys prayed for him at your store, his condition has improved drastically mm-hmm. more than yeah. it ever has before. And like, had I not done that, you know, and I just thought I was never going to see that kid again. But like, I feel like uh, the, it's not about like, like you said, it's obedience. Like, I'm glad I did it, but like, I wanted to do it. Like for, I should have done it the first time. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. it's like the devil's not going to tell you to go pray yeah, for somebody. Yeah, exactly. We'd be like, God, if that's you, if it's really you wanting me to do this, you'll give me a yeah. sign. It's like, bro, the scripture is a sign. Like, well, that's the, like, and this is, this is the thing. Like, as I've gotten older and, um, my struggle hasn't really been with like praying for people or believing for miracles. It's been with like giving because, like for me, um, as you get older, you get a little bit smarter with your finances and everything. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I'm in a different season financially than I was when I was in Bible college or right. even as a single dude or whatever. And I tithe, me and Ashley give, we sow into people. Like, you know, like everybody knows that, like we're generous, you know, but when 2020 rolled around and our church began this building hope campaign, like I started praying. I was like, all right, Lord, like what, what am I supposed to give? You know, I was like, I can, I can give like a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there. Mm -hmm. Like where, like how much, like, and not and like, it's not like, I'm not like, but not, it not hurt. Like it not really hurt our budget or anything like that. And I really felt a burden for, 
like wanting this seed that we sow for building hope to cost us something. Yes. And so like I wanted to create and like I had a conversation with Pastor Tony and he's like, if it doesn't cost you something, it's not a sacrifice. Come on. And like Pastor Tony's one of the most generous people I've ever met. And so like Pastor Tony was like, you know, that's what a sacrifice means. And so me and Ashley this year like decided to sacrifice um, in giving and um we're believing that the lord's going to honor that sacrifice you know mm-hmm. and so like that's one thing that that i've really been challenged in is is like giving sacrificially not just giving comfortably yeah you know cuz like it's not it's not really about like how much you give it's like how much of your heart is attached to that gift cuz like you know, like mm-hmm. me giving somebody $5, my heart's not attached to that $5. Right, that's not generosity. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's just like, it, it's whatever, you know. And so, like, I've been really challenged in 2020. And I think, like, our our generation is, like, a very generous generation because of things like GoFundMe. And um, there's all kinds of different fundraising things we do nowadays, like, people like just post their cash app and say, Hey, <laughs> like I'm trying to open up a snow cone stand, like hey, cash <laughs> at me, you know, whatever yeah. it is, you know? And, uh, it just, it happens. So like, I feel like our, our generation is really generous. It's just like, um, but the Lord like is really is like, if it doesn't cost us something like that's what's really been on my heart. It's like given sacrificially and like, um, cause it's a big part of, him shaping us, you know, and really, really determining where your heart's at, you know, because the word says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so like, where am I investing? Am I investing in me? Because I love to spend money on myself. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, uh, I love buying and selling things. I love like all that stuff. But like, where I put my treasure is where my heart is, you know, it's pretty wild. No, for sure. And I think that like, I mean, it's pretty safe to say in all areas, like you get what you pay for, you know what I mean? Like even, I mean, not necessarily that like God's like a pay me God, obviously, but like even just like you sow, like generosity does move the heart of God, you know? And if you sow sacrificially, like you serve sacrificially, like you really do like love your neighbor yeah you know then i think that like you you, like there is a promise that you'll receive that plus interest yeah and that's that's what the the bible says like when you give to the poor it's like lending to the lord and the lord pays it back with interest right and like the lord's the only one guaranteeing like (laughs) you know and so it's and like you said with serving i could you know you know how I feel about serving. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's the same thing. Like it really giving and serving. Oh, it's the same thing. It's just different currency, different currency. Yeah. And, um, one's time and energy and attention, one's finance. Yeah. Um, or like monetary, but like the same thing, if you're giving, if your motive for giving is like, Oh snap! You mean I give God ten percent of my money, and He's gonna open up the windows and bless me, and I'm gonna drive a Bentley? You know, <laughs> like that's like <laughs> a lot of people think like that, but yeah. like it's not like it's so like 
you have to check your motives with your giving all the time, all mm-hmm. the time. And with your serving, like, um, for our giving, like I'll let Ashley take care of our finances. Like Ashley's the organized one in our marriage. Like mm-hmm. there's always one that's a little bit more organized than the other in a relationship. So Ashley's like the spreadsheet, like budget person. Mm-hmm. And like, if we, if I tried to handle all our bills by myself, like, my, fo- my cell phone would not be turned on right now. I forget <laughs> to pay it. Like that's like how like how I just like I'm all over the place. I mean, you've helped me reorganize my office before, so you know. <laughs> but um, but anyways, I say all that to like, say like when we get paid, like Ashley would just automatically just pay the tithe or and give, yeah. and I would never even see it. And um, someone encouraged me to sit down and say, hey. Like when you give, you need to do that with your wife Mm -hmm. together. And you need to like, even though you're giving online, it's not like you're filling out a check or putting it in an offering bucket or something like that. You need to pray and like hold that in your hand and do that together as a couple. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's changed the way I see it. And so like every time now we give and we sow to like stuff, we, we sit down and we pray and then we hit send. And like, Mm -hmm. it's so, so like 2020 of us, but (laughs) Uh, yeah, like checking your heart with like serving is like, if you're doing serving for the, if you're serving for the wrong, wrong thing, man, like it's, it doesn't work. And I just, um, I was telling somebody yesterday, you know, like it's like, I, I cannot like speak for anyone else, but like, I can guarantee you that the Lord honors service and like serving, you know, and, um, when you have the wrong motives, the Lord's not going to honor it. No matter how talented you are, no matter right. how you're gifted you are, like if if you don't do it with the posture of your heart, you know, mm-hmm. then with the correct, like the proper posture of your heart, then it's, you're not going to get that return on your mm-hmm. investment. But when you do, you get so much more than you asked like asked for or expected or didn't expect at all you know yeah for sure like um even just that's what i was talking about earlier just like keeping your heart posture in check like even with everything like we've talked about like radical like going to the missions and things like that like going to going to the missions going to the (laughs) nations like you know like radically following ministry radically like radical generosity like, no matter what that is, like, that should all be out of, like, because the Lord has done this, because of his faithfulness, because yeah. of his goodness, because I know he has a good track record, because he's a good God, because it's not my money anyhow, and he's a provider. Like, I'm going to, like, out of love, give back, out of, you know, those things, serve him. You know, I think that, like, it all should, everything, whenever you do it, is definitely needing to have a heart posture, like, check all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, Destiny, where do you see yourself in six months? No, I'm I'm joking. That's a dumb question. Uh, <laughs> somebody, <laughs> I got a question from Instagram. I'm oh gonna, God. Let's see. Um, oh, somebody wanted to know. You know who it is, but they said, should Destiny date a farmer? Should Destiny date a farmer? Yeah. I don't know who asked that. Oh. Well, it was Jody. But 
<laughs> to Destiny Day, a farmer. Yeah. What the frick? What kind of crops he growing? Yeah. Like, they gotta be. <laughs> what kind what of crops? <laughs> crocs? No. <laughs> Do he wear crocs? Just kidding. That's so funny. Yeah. I don't know how to answer that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did people actually respond with? No, we had that one, and then um, Evan wanted to know. Um, wanted to hear some stories about your little brother. Oh, <laughs> but I my know we've got so many of those. Yeah, but I would be really putting him on yeah, blast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm putting that on the podcast. I do got some solid ones, though. Oh, my God. I think, like, those stories, like, are the craziest. Because, like, I've, I've heard both sides. Like, I've heard your perspective and mm-hmm. Jeremiah's. And then I've also heard, like, the church staff's perspective (laughs) (laughs) and like i'm over here like dying laughing and then some of our staff members are like no this is serious we could get sued or something like that and i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) what (laughs) and so it's like you can't make that up yeah you can't (laughs) you cannot make it up zach russell is the most interesting human being i've ever acquainted myself with in my life what's it been like uh i mean like you don't live at home with them anymore but mm-hmm. like um what's it been like have you heard any recent stories of anything because like i live near them now and mm-hmm. so like sometimes i just see zach walking down the road <laughs> and uh on the side of 85 one time no like <laughs> no, i was just walking down like he was walking home from school one day mm-hmm. and i it was about to start raining like the bottom like just dropped mm-hmm. and it just started raining. I saw. I was like, "Actually, let's turn around. Let's see if we can find Zach." Like literally, like it was only ten seconds. Okay, we turn around, look for Zach. This boy's disappeared. Gone. Like I, we don't know where he went. Right. And then like I saw him the next day at youth, and I was like, "Hey, Zach. Like we saw you walking home from school the other day, and uh, we uh, we saw it started raining, and we turned around to like pick you up, and you disappeared." He's like. Oh yeah, well I just went to the gym to work out a little bit after work after school, and um, yeah, that's where I went. I just I just hide out there, and I was like, okay, you don't seem like the kind of guy that works out. But right, he right. probably had his cowboy boots on, yeah. and, some, and some jeans. Time so I went to the gym to hang out. Yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what do you feel? Uh, I don't know. It's a ridiculous question. It's kind of vague, but I feel like you've already answered it a little bit. But is there like um, a word or anything that you feel like the Lord's speaking to you in this this season besides like rest and like uh, kind of that abiding thing? Mm-hmm. It's like mine's like, I feel like we're in a season of refining where the Lord's like using some of these things that are happening in our nation and around the world to expose a lot of impurities and a lot of things that mm-hmm. he wants to kind of bring to the surface and um, remove so that what's useful and valuable can be rem- can remain but yeah I think that um, for me just through I don't know whenever you learn more about yourself and stuff you realize like how human you are and like I how clogged it's, you as a vessel is. It's terrible, isn't it? You know, I hate it, honestly. <laughs> I know, like, I mean, we both like hate it. That's just I our personality. I hate like weakness, why, you know? Yeah. But just to find beauty in the weakness and to like, you know, the, just the verse that says like, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. 
like to every day kind of like cherish the your weaknesses and cherish like um the dependency that you need to have on God and even um allowing the Lord to humble me a lot and what humility looks like um I heard when I was in YWAM my outreach leader said something about like um water traveling to the lowest point like that's where water travels and and kind of how like living water will travel to the lowest point you know Mm -hmm. and like kind of just like knowing that even because that's even like one of the beautiful things about fasting like well one I think yeah the Lord has definitely been like the Bible doesn't you know how like the Bible doesn't say like um if you fast and pray it's like when when you fast and pray you know and so like and how the beauty of like how you become weak during fasting like the lowliness that you acquire and like how much the Lord breaks in in that and so definitely that was very everywhere but just um even allowing the Lord to rid me of myself, I guess, mm-hmm. and to like become fully dependent on him and to like learn what true humility is so that like I can be unclogged as a vessel, you know, and to just stay low. Yeah. That's the thing about fasting is like you're, if you're not careful, you'll let your flesh rule your life. Mm-hmm. And we're called to be led by the spirit and not to gratify the our flesh. And when we fast, like we deny ourselves, you know, and it's not like we're trying to like, it's not for, it's not for me to like get closer to God because I fast or that's not like the, that's the byproduct. It's not the byproduct. It's not the end result. It's not like, okay, if I don't eat for a week, God's going to be, God's going to speak to me. Mm -hmm. It's more like when I fast for a week, my put my flesh subject to my spirit. Mm -hmm. And now because my mind, will, and emotions, and all that stuff are subject to the Spirit of God, and I've denied my flesh, which is at war with the Spirit, when Mm -hmm. I've denied that now, God's voice is clearer, you know? And I I think that if we had a better perspective on the power of fasting and stuff like that, I think more people would be, it would be more of a regular occurrence, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and honestly, like it's something we do, we do twice a year here and we've, we've talked about it a lot about, mm-hmm. um, just as a team and as a staff, like doing that more. Cause there's so many, so much, it's so much more beneficial if you, you want to be sp- like spirit led and spirit driven. It's yeah, huge. For sure. But, all right, destiny. Well, thanks for, uh, roasting me today uh anytime anytime anytime. (laughs) Um, i'm glad you came on um thank you everybody for joining us today and uh have a good day yep peace out deuces